0: Moncrief on news Talk:
1: brought to you by Avant money. think you're getting the best value from your bank. Think again:
0: Well, July is a difficult much, uh, month for Zoe Holohan. Two dates in particular, the 19th when she and Brian got married and the 23rd, just four days later, when she and Brian got caught in a Greek wildfire, Brian lost his life. Zoe, good afternoon to you.: Hello, Sean. How are you? Uh, in in uh, this year. Did you do specific things on those dates or, or, or did you have a strategy?
1: Um, <laughs> my strategy, as always, was to get through the week um, with as li- little drama as possible. Um, it, it's, a, it's, a, it's a tricky one every single year. Uh, it's four years on now, since 2018, obviously, since since Brian passed away in Matty, Greece. And uh, the, the wedding anniversary itself on the 19th tends to be quite an emotive day, as you can imagine. Um it's uh, usually going to hiding. But this year I, I got through it rather nicely with some friends. And uh, then on Saturday, just gone, was Brian's death anniversary. And I ended up going to Clare because Brian was a proud Clare man. And spending the day, and um, actually the weekend down there with his close friends, which effectively are family members. And yeah. we actually... We actually had a lovely, lovely time. We went and visited a very beautiful place, one of the points there that that's out there on on the Shannon, um, very close to Bunratty, uh, where we scattered his ashes. And it's a really just uh, a serenely beautiful place. So uh, it felt good to be back down there because I haven't been able to go during COVID for quite a while. So it was, it was quite a healing journey for me, actually. Mm, OK, and so was it...
0: In, and it's in relative terms of awfulness, I suppose, but but, but th- was this year the best year uh, for that so far?
1: <laughs> it's a funny term to put it as, yeah. but I suppose this year definitely feels different without a doubt. So, and I know I I, I touched on this and how things I, I, I feel are changing in in a piece I, I wrote in today's paper in The Independent. Um, things, yeah, it's four years on. So I suppose, yes, you would expect that I would be handling these anniversaries better four years on. But it's still tricky territory. You know, it's still an emotional minefield. But definitely I felt that there was there was more room for warmth and, and, and laughter and telling good stories about Brian and, you know, sharing the good times as opposed to being totally uh, ensconced in the bad stuff. Let's put it that way this year. Now, the brain at, at night time still plays tricks on you, so I'd, I'd still have pretty bad nightmares and flashbacks, et cetera, during the night. But during daylight hours, I think I handled it a lot better this year. Let's put it that way.
0: Mm-hmm. Does it depend who you're with, uh, in, in the sense of some people will tiptoe around it or be, you know, a, 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 a overbearingly grave about the whole business? But as you said, obviously you were with people who were able to laugh and tell stories and and be more celebratory, somewhat.
1: Yeah, and isn't there any? There's nothing better than being around people that you know really loved the person you loved the most as well. So you know, and in that we can share. And and uh, I was around you know Brian's godchildren this weekend and uh, look you you can't get too somber when you're around little ones quite frankly so they'll they'll mm. shake it out of you anyway whether you like it or not um but i i definitely think that the four year mark something has shifted in my brain a little bit so um, and some people might say well that's ridiculous it's four years down the line you should be well over it but grief there's no timeline you know there's there's no guidebook to this stuff I feel that I'm where I'm at now and I'm grateful to be still here and I'm grateful to be where I'm at. But it is a, it's been a long process and obviously I still, you know, even talking about Brian and mentioning his name still, you know, wrenches my heart to this day, mm-hmm. particularly because of the way he passed, you know. Yes. the The...
0: That you did mention in the piece today, you, you were talking about uh, people would be probably familiar with the five stages of grief, uh, but that mm. you, know, you, you kind of made the point that uh, what's not mentioned is bitterness, guilt, amnesia, embarrassment, uh, and crippling anxiety. Uh, how, yeah, and
1: uh, probably at least another two dozen. <laughs> <stages>. <laughs> There's no such thing as five stages of grief. There are 555 stages <laughs> of grief uh, in, in in my mind, anyway. Um, yeah, look, I, I I, really kind of, for, I suppose for a certain period of time, I did turn into Grief Girl. I, I really started studying grief and grieving, particularly when I was writing um, the book about the whole process of what happened to me after 2018. And um, yeah, I I probably became a little bit obsessed with the topic. I'd say probably, definitely would would be a more appropriate term. But what I found fascinating was that after um, the book was published, so many people that contacted me and people that might surprise you, men and women, different age groups, different walks of life on social media, or they'd write to me or email me. And it definitely seemed for a certain period of time, I think Things slightly changed during COVID um, that it was like it was Ireland's last hidden taboo. People were not allowed to talk about death. You were allowed you know, discuss the funeral. You were allowed to have a nice wake. But thereafter, you're supposed to just suck it up and hold your emotions inside. And I was astonished by the hundreds and hundreds of people that were contacting me to talk about this. So, I, mm. and I also felt uh, selfishly a tremendous sense of relief that I wasn't the only one going slightly do lally because, like I said, no, there aren't five simple stages, yeah. and there isn't an easy, easy process in this. And I'm not the only one. I'm not the only, That's why I wanted to talk about this, you know, um, this month because obviously the month that's in it. Yeah. But also, I I don't think there's any harm in us being allowed to talk about grief and grieving and bereavement and you know how we can process these emotions and. In time, you know, you might even be able to do uh, with a little bit more humour and less sadness. But it's something yeah. we all go through, isn't it? Yeah, death death. I know.
0: I mean, there's hardly... Well, a grown-up person There's probably scarcely a grown-up person in the country that doesn't have, that, that isn't carrying some degree of grief uh, within them. Mm-hmm. It was just out of that list, and as you said, there's loads more. Embarrassment. Why embarrassment? Well,
1: I suppose embarrassment <clears throat> because... <laughs> Well, it was, it, it, for a very long period of time, it was very difficult for me. Obviously, I had severe injuries, as as you're you're probably aware mm, from yeah. the fire myself. So I think that a lot of my trauma was also wrapped up in that. But embarrassment, because you know I couldn't go out for uh, an evening without bursting out crying. Mm. Um, you know, any any little sentient memories, you, you know, or or little reminders would just set me off. Um, for a long period of time, I couldn't say Brian's name without the frog in the throat and the lump. and uh, You know, so, yeah, I would. I, I felt embarrassed by my grief and in all honesty, because I, I thought, you know, I thought, God, you know, you're old enough now. You should be able to pull yourself together. Um, and it took a long time, a long time before I was, you know, able to. Mm-hmm. I don't know, behave like a normal human being. Is there such a thing as a normal human being? No, there isn't. No, no. That's (laughs) that's just people
0: pretending to be normal human beings. Uh, how, (laughs) how, uh, How is your own treatment going in terms of your skin?
1: Yeah, I mean, that's it's an ongoing process, in all honesty. Look, there are dramatic improvements in certain parts of my body. I'm very happy to say that I am constantly reducing down my medications. I'm off all major pain relief now, which is fantastic. Um, so I use more physiotherapy and, and exercise to to handle the pain. Um, the legs, they're, they're a little bit of tricky territory, so I'm going to start the lasering on them because that had to be delayed, unfortunately, due to COVID. Um, but lasering has worked very well for the burns elsewhere on my body, on my arms and hands and chest. Um, and then I tattooed, as you you may know, I tattooed mm-hmm. some of those areas too. Um, so the legs, the legs are next up, basically for the zapping, and uh, we'll we'll see how that goes. Hopefully, hopefully they will react as well as other parts of my body. And um, they're fantastic in St James's. I always have to throw out a little shout out to St James's because they haven't they haven't given up on me yet, anyway. No. Um, so.
0: Why would yes, they? Uh, Zoe, uh, thanks a million for speaking with us today. Lovely to do so. That was Zoe Houlihan there. The name of her book uh, is As the Smoke Clears. You are listening to the Moncrief show on News Talk. We're going to take a break. After that, TV on the radio.
1: Moncrief. Brought to you by Avant Money. Think you're getting the best value from your bank? Think again. Weekdays at 2 p.m. on News Talk.